Hey everyone, welcome to Our Kind of Homesteading. We're your hosts, Sherry. And Shauna. And today we're talking about medicinal gardening. Yeah, it's pretty cool. If you don't know about it, you should listen because medicinal gardening, if you are a homesteader, you are going to want to know how to make your own medicines because there's a lot that you can do at home. Um, I would strongly suggest, obviously, like researching it for yourself and things like that, but we're going to give you some tips on what you can put in a medicinal garden, basically to help you throughout the year with um, random ailments. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Words are fun. (laughs) And when we say make your own medicines, we're not talking like make your own pills, obviously. Well, you could. Well, it's excessive. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't have to be excessive. Like, you know. No, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be. Like, it's like a tea. Fever few. In hot water. some hot boiling water will cure migraines and headaches, for example. Boom. No need for ibuprofen or Tylenol. And, you know, you just you just made a medicine, a technically. Willow bark. Yeah, willow That's bark. Aspirin, That's right. That's where they get That's aspirin right. from. Um, but don't give that to your kids. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, it, what, what we mean by medicinal gardening is very simple um what's the word see now i don't have the word words are fun anyway simple things we don't mean you're like making your own pills and you're in your freaking kitchen that's crazy and excessive we're just talking about you know teas and salves and tinctures tonics and yeah you know just eating eating just leaves for example eating leaves leaves are good for you (laughs) you should eat them um yeah it's actually really simple i'm like super into medicinal gardening i love making our own tinctures and stuff like that um, it's just really, I get a lot out of it. It fills me with joy. So, um, we are going to go over a few of our favorites. This is not everything. Oh, we did want to talk about though, how when you do plan your medicinal garden, it shouldn't be in your vegetable garden. I think we've actually mentioned this before in a prior podcast, but have we, I think so. I don't remember, but because a lot of your medicinal herbs, for whatever reason, um, they want to help you. And so they're like, they just will take over. And so if they're in your vegetable garden, they'll be more of your nemesis than your friend. And that's not what we want for you. <laughs> we want <laughs> we want you to be very happy in your medicinal garden. And then you can let wherever, if you have the space, obviously. I know not everybody has that space. So you might want to plan your medicinal garden in containers if you don't have space. But if you do plan a separate area for your medicinal garden and then you can just let it be more like a wild garden and kind of let it go you know you don't have to be like it doesn't have to be super groomed it can because the more you have the more you'll be able to like save and give to friends and give to your kids and you know it's it can be really cool so that is just our little pro tip for you on medicinal gardening because a lot of like the mint your chamomile all a lot of like pretty much everything will just be like will run rampant yeah and completely take over and while that there's definitely beauty in that in my opinion and that's why we say to kind of just let it just go on its own and do what it will it looks I think it absolutely looks gorgeous and then on top of that it doesn't it's not like you have to spend all this time manicuring it and cutting it back and you know you just go in there you water it you pick what you need for your medicinal stuff that day and then you're good to go I prefer wild gardens to manicured ditto and even my vegetable garden is definitely more wild than manicured yeah yeah I'm just like I mean I don't know I just we're rebels like that though we are (laughs) we do what we want (laughs) um okay so some of our favorite medicinals 
So aloe is obviously on the top of that list. Super easy to grow. It is considered a succulent. Um, right? Is it a succulent or a cactus? I don't know. Uh, it's one of those. It's, I mean, potato, and, potato, right? Like, I don't know. No, it's not a potato, I know potato. it's not potato, potato, but it might as well be. What's a potato anyways? <laughs> oh. Someone's saying potato wrong. <laughs> well, see, you're wrong then. Um, anyway, so aloe has a lot of um, skin benefits. So, like, for insect bites, sunburns, anything that has to do with skin, you like aloe is great for it. Like anytime my kids have a sunburn, we pull off some of the aloe and we rub it all over their sunburn. It's just really, really healthy for your skin. Anything actually. Yeah, um, like any rashes, anything to do with your skin that any kind of skin ailment, you can take some aloe, rub it on. And it's not like that your store bought aloe where you have to like wash it off afterwards because it's like gross and sticky. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Um, and the uh, fresh aloe, you literally can rub it on your skin and let it dry, and you won't even know it's there. It just completely absorbs into your skin, and it's highly beneficial. Yeah, and even if, um, like, I will just use aloe on my skin um, here and there just because it is just really, really great for, your, uh, like, most skin products and anti-aging products will have aloe in it. And if you have your plant, you just peel off a leaf, you um, – Take it, the, take it apart. I'm using all these hand gestures again because I'm pretty sure you can see them. Um, you take it apart. and then I can the, see you. Yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm saying with all these hand gestures? Very Italian right I now. I do. Um, and then the aloe's on the inside. So, again, it's great for a lot of skin elements. I know people also can – you can ingest aloe and stuff like that. I don't usually use it for that. But when you are taking leaves from your plant, you don't want to overdo it depending on the size of your plant. So the the usual rule of thumb um, is like like no more than two thirds of the plant, which sounds like a lot to me. I never take that much. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't either. I I usually will just take like maybe I'm like a quarter of a. Plant. I was gonna say a I mean of a plant or yeah of a like a a stem a leaf. Oh, I'm saying like for the whole plant. When I'm like harvesting feverfew, I'll take maybe a quarter to a half of the feverfew. Right, right. And so you leave a good amount to keep growing and to give you more. Yeah. And a lot of these that we're talking about are perennial. So the aloe will come back. Well, it doesn't die out. It's just there all the time. So you have it all year long. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, Another one of our favorites, I think we've talked about this before too, is holy basil. This is a great plant to have as an adaptogen. It um, lowers blood pressure, lowers blood sugar. I heard it's great for people with like diabetes and stuff like that. Um, it's high in the vitamins A and C and all that kind of stuff. So um, holy basil, it's unlike regular basil. I know we've mentioned this before, but it um, you should definitely have it. And it, it is a perennial, so it'll come back every year. Yeah, and my, my I guess whole- it depends on where you live, though. Does it get, if it gets too cold. Yeah, and, like, I don't think we ever got down, like, it doesn't snow where we are. And so my holy basil is still alive and very much thriving from, like, two years ago. Like, I've had it for two years straight. It was, it never died back or, you know, nothing like that. It's been there. Yeah. And I just go in my garden. I eat a few leaves every day. Super good for you. Yeah, and, like, with the holy basil, like, you can legit, like, just Take a few leaves and eat them. Yeah. Give some to your kids. Like it's yes. good for everybody. Yeah. And, or, you know, you could put it in tea. And again, holy basil, um, we've talked about it before and it's also on our blog. Any basil plant, the way to harvest is you, you don't pick off um, individual leaves. You want to take 
probably, you know, I don't even know. You go like the second node down, right? Right, down the stalk. So basically like there's a clump of leaves at the top and there's another little clump of leaves below that. So take right below that second little clump of leaves essentially. Also with basil, very important, you don't let it get to flower. That means when you start seeing flowers, pinch those off again, second node down. Because basil loves to be trimmed and also loves shade. And it does not like a ton of water. That's been my personal experience. And again, if you let it get to flower, though, that tells your plant basically that's the end of its life cycle. So then your basil plant starts to die. So right when you start to see flowers, just pinch them off the second node down. And then you're good to go. If you're basil plant does go to flower and does start to dry just take some of those seeds put them in a bag save them for the following year and then replant them you're welcome <laughs> i just i just see the flowers and i mean no they're I very easy to as long as like, you don't you let know. it get like super flowery yeah. where there's like no more leaves left yeah obviously but yeah it's easy easy to do and again holy basil is super beneficial and very different from sweet basil most Which people is have still good for you and still should go in your medicinal garden. Yes, still good, still great, and delicious in all types of recipes for like food. Um, but holy basil is a whole different, you know, thing. So you want to have both. Yeah. Um. Okay, and the next one is uh, bay tree. Super beneficial, anti-cancer. It can take care of dandruff. It can cure joint pain. Um, you can also boil leaves for a cough syrup, which I've personally never done, but I am very curious to try. Yeah, we do uh, the cough syrup that we do. That there's a homemade one. Um, is the red onions and the honey? Right, and it works like it a works charm. Works really, really well. And it's super we obviously put that recipe up on our blog. I will. Yeah, send it easy. to me. <laughs> um, it's just that's all it is. <laughs> red onions and honey. Um. So the bay tree, obviously, it's, you know, it's a tree. So you have to plant it somewhere. You can totally put it in your medicinal garden because a lot as of... As long as you have the space. As long as you have the room. Quite it's large. It's going to get large. You know, the bay leaves that you buy in the store to, like, season stuff, like soups and beans and what have you, like, that's, like, from a bay tree. So it's really easy to take those leaves to dry them and to use it for lots of different purposes. It's always good to have a bay tree growing on your property somewhere if you do have property or even in your yard. But again, it will get really large and shady. But a lot of these medicinal plants do like a bit of shade. So it's not horrible to plant in your medicinal garden, but you might just want to make sure that you have enough space for it. Right, right. And Getting to shade, actually, if you have an area where you're like, okay, this is where I want my medicinal garden to be, but, oh, look, it's completely in the sun almost the whole part of the day, don't be afraid to just put shade up. You can use, I think we've already talked about it, but you can use umbrellas. You can use the shade sails. Lots of different things you can use. I mean, you could string a freaking tarp up. It's whatever to keep shade over your medicinal plants because, yeah, they don't really like tons of sun. Yeah. Um. The next one is lavender. Lavender is super easy to grow. It's great where we are um, in California. It like it's pretty like um, what's the word? Drought resistant. Yes, highly drought resistant. It just survives basically anything. Yeah, um, and you know the bees love it. You'll you'll bring in a lot of your pollinators. So it has a lot of great uses beyond just the medicinal purposes. But then the medicinal, you can dry it. You can put it. Um, you it. 
it helps like relieve stress. It helps to calm you down. Like even the smell of it, right? Like any, anybody that's into essential oils knows like lavender, you know, putting it on your wrist and stuff like that. It kind of makes you like, ah, it's just like soothing. <laughs> I feel better. <laughs> my, my husband's actually really allergic to lavender. Which is so weird. Is it, he really? Yeah. Okay. So I did a test because I didn't believe him either. <laughs> of course you did the test. <laughs> My sister's the only one who would test her husband's allergies like a psychopath. So I had this, like, I had, like, I was putting, I was doing, like, this fish recipe and it had lavender in it, you know? And he, like, ate it and and he was like, like, what's in this? And I was telling him and he's like, my, like, tongue is swollen. Like, I think it's the lavender. And I was like, I was like, okay, you know? And so he. (laughs) Sure. Sure. (laughs) And so then I I was like, I'm going to see if it is or if he's just being like a brat. Because I know he doesn't like the smell of lavender, you know? Okay. So when a tongue swelling (laughs) would would indicate quite a severe allergy. This is probably not the best story to tell. And again, she's like, you know what? I'm going to test it again. So so it turns out that he actually has. You're psychotic. He actually has an allergy to lavender. (laughs) So the next time he had it, he was like, well, he didn't know. And (laughs) again, the second time she tricked him into eating lavender. Because I didn't want him to know because I thought he was just like, because he doesn't like the smell of lavender. And so I just thought he was being like difficult. I I love this story so much. I love it. I love it. No, and he was like, "Um, my tongue is swollen. And I was like, let me see. It was like legit swollen. I kind of felt bad about that one. He's fine. He's fine. He's, fine. <laughs> He's alive and thriving. No more no lavender. More lavender. <laughs> and you know what's funny is that he doesn't like the smell of lavender. And well, he's yes, like alert. His body's his telling body's him, telling like, stay him. far, far away. Yeah. And you married the wrong woman because <laughs> she, she's going to test you twice to I make was... sure you're not fibbing about your allergy. Because <laughs> I just thought, because you know how, like, when you make oh, something, gosh. well, you don't really make a lot of food for your husband, but... When I make dinner I for my husband, I feel like he always tries to be, like, difficult instead of just being, like, thank you so much for this food you are providing me. Like, he's like, he's like well, I don't like this. And I'm like, freaking eat it. <laughs> freaking eat the lavender, okay? So Nobody cares thought, about your allergies. Yeah. <laughs> your life-threatening I, You know allergies. what? You know what? Okay, so we're, for those of you that think I'm an awful person, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you. We all have opinions. People. Yeah. I had an allergy to avocado. Okay. Oh yeah, this is a true story. This is a true story. Yeah. And I couldn't. Whenever I ate avocado, like from little, when I was little, and like it would like make my throat like scratchy, and it would make my tongue feel swollen, and I, I probably could have gone into anaphylactic shock, but I kept eating it. (laughs) Now I no longer have that allergy. I am giving people horrible advice. Don't test your husband's allergies. (laughs) Especially when their tongue is swelling, life-threatening symptoms. He no longer has lavender. But I love the smell of lavender. (laughs) I have lavender in my garden for the bees and for a lot of things. But we don't use it a lot in, like, cooking or um, things like that. I can't even use, like, lavender, like, soaps. It, like, makes his skin Okay, so you know a funny thing? I hate the smell of lavender. Weird. I don't like it. Really? I know most people freaking love it. Love I it. can't stand it. You so know what? It just reminds me of like, I don't know, something just like, I don't know. I I don't. I honestly don't even know what it reminds you know? me of. Like what? Like like a a grandma's <laughs> yeah. house, yes. like her dresser, like, like sachets, like, and like yes, I think that's what it is. Yeah. And that's it's just not like, bad. No, but why do why do why why don't I like that? It's like I don't a grandma's know. bedroom You're kind of a sachets. Bitch. <laughs> I'm kind of a bitch. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I'll own that. That's fine. Uh, I'm definitely not the one who tested my husband's <laughs> allergies twice. So there's that. Uh, well, Sherry can't all be perfect. Yeah, it's hard. Um, so yeah, so grow some lavender if your husband's not allergic to it. Or even if he is, you should still grow some. <laughs> yeah, we do. And lavender will definitely, is one of those plants that will definitely take off. I mean, it will definitely take over. So if you don't have a huge space, like we mentioned before, you got to put that. It likes that, to get bigger. Yeah. yeah, it likes to get bigger. So put it into containers, um, large containers, but that way it doesn't take over your whole garden. Uh, the next one is mint. Oh my gosh. So mint is crazy. Mint can get crazy. I mean, way crazier than lavender. Just like it will literally just take over. Any space you give any, it. Any space you give it. And more if it's allowed. And But it's, okay, super good. It obviously smells fantastic and has quite a few health benefits. And there's lots of different mints and you should just plant them all. <laughs> yeah. there, there are. There's like chocolate mint. There's we, like have, the, we have a chocolate mint. Yeah. Do you? There's like the, yeah. there's like an orange mint. Yeah. So many. There's so many. So many. And then there's the catnip. Cat mint. Catnip. Same thing. Whatever. Um, yeah. So catnip, what, what people call catnip, that is a mint in the mint family. And the, the lemon balm is, it's lemon balm. It's not a mint, but it, it looks like mint. It smells like mint. It's also another great one to grow. It has a lot of medicinal benefits. But um, the mint is like, it does all kinds of things. It can help with digestion. It can help with improve your brain function. It ha- is really high in vitamin A. So it's just really good to plant and just to put it in everything. It's so easy. Like you're, and it, if no one's allergic to it, you can put it in like water, lemonade, um, we ju- we use it all the time. My kids go out and they pick leaves and they just eat them. Yeah, my kids just eat them right off the plant. Yeah. And then we d- we love to put it into the, the waters. And I know lemonade. to like infuse so the water, good, yes. especially in the summers. And it's so easy. It's all and then you're fancy. getting. I know, super fancy. You want to wear a big hat, <laughs> drink your infused water on your porch. Let <laughs> uh, me take a picture. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So plant some mint, but like Sherry said, it does like to get out of control, but. I, yes. I enjoy that my mint wants to be, like, everywhere. We even – I found some wild mint down by our lake, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, it can – and it, it – that's how – that's how wild it can prolific. be. It can, yeah, exactly. Prolific. Thank you. Look at you and your big words. <laughs> and <laughs> She's not condescending whatsoever. The one big word I've had this whole time we've been podcasting. She's like, look at you. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> Proud of you. I just learned that today. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> oh, God, you're hilarious. Um, the next one is echinacea. So everyone always hears echinacea. I think everybody knows about it. It's a it's a really pretty flower. Um, it's called coneflower as well. There's different... I've literally never heard that. What? Co- coneflower? What? Never heard that. No. That's weird. No, you're never weird, heard of it. You're weird. You're weird. You're the one who tested your husband's allergies twice. Okay. I'm going to keep going and bring it back she to that. Is, keep going is. back to okay. it. Anyways, <laughs> the echinacea, um, you take the flowers and you can use them in all kinds of things. So my echinacea, it doesn't do well in the winter. It is supposed to be a perennial, but I feel like I have to replant it every year. I don't know how you guys, maybe I just suck with echinacea. Well, it also could be that specific winter or it could be where you had it you know what I mean there's very there's so many variables yeah Yeah. so um it it is pretty to grow it's pretty easy um like I said you take the flowers when they're blooming and you just dry them or you can use them right away um 
I put them in our elderberry syrup when I'm making that. It helps like prevent like colds and flus. It just kind of boosts your immunities really well. I need to talk louder, Sherry said. Sorry. Hello. Is that better? <laughs> Am I doing better. a better job? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's because this thing is being all annoying. Anyways. So, um, yeah. So, plant some echinacea. The next one is chamomile. Now, if you ever go to Sherry's property in the <laughs> early springtime, you will know what chamomile looks like. We have it literally everywhere growing amok. Amok, amok, amok. Like, there's no way to keep it contained once you have it on your property it will spread like wildfire well and honestly um it's funny because i I, we never know what we're gonna have i feel like we have always had chamomile we all we also have this stinging nettle everywhere which is so great for so many things so great it's awful to come in contact with ouchy because it literally just instantly starts burning and itching your skin it's awful awful but so good you just rip it out of the ground with gloves, obviously. Don't rip it the whole thing. Just take some of it. So it'll come back every year. Not that it doesn't come back it every year. It will come back yeah. every year. It doesn't matter. <laughs> rip that shit out of the ground. It'll come back. Don't worry. Yeah. And, um, but the chamomile is absolutely gorgeous and it is just everywhere. And when you harvest it, you don't need to rip it out of the ground. You just take the flowers and just put them right in between your finger and then just pull up and little flower bud come pop yeah, off pops right off it's very satisfying actually. it is very satisfying my kids love to do it yeah and so um really good for everything you can dry it you can use it instantly uh or i just you know we dry a bunch to keep on hand for teas or whatever i give it to our little birds they're like the devil and it really calms <laughs> them down <laughs> and they love it they'll they eat it so ravenously and then they go to their cage on top of their cage like okay i'm chilling oh, i'm yeah. chilling like it's so awesome it does and really work don't well bite us as relaxing. much <laughs> hilarious i didn't know oh, you yeah. gave it to your birds oh yeah they love it um yeah we dry i usually go to sherry's i have chamomile growing here but i don't have as much as sherry does at all like even close to it like sherry's how ha- like it's just her like the driveways are just lined with huge th- it's just amazing it's amazing so um we get a bunch and i dry like a crazy amount well, yeah, because it's not going to last. As soon as it, the heat comes in, unless you're watering it, which there's no way for me to water all the chamomile we have in our property, it's going to die once yeah. it gets to a certain heat level. And so we will harvest as much as we can, like, for weeks on end until we basically have picked it all. Just the flowers, like I said. And that yeah. way the stems die back and then it basically turns into nothing and then it comes back the next season. Yeah. And, you know, we obviously don't pick every single flower, so that's how it comes back every year. Like some seeds still spread, like we're not killing it off or anything by any means. No. But um yeah. but yeah, so we use it in teas, we use it you can use it in like soaps, like the goat milk soaps and stuff like that. You can just use it in a lot of different things. You can put it in like a bath if like for like babies, like a chamomile bath. There's just lots of different uses for it. Um medicinal benefits. Um it helps with anxiety it like sherry said with her birds it's same thing with like people it just kind of helps calm anybody down so um it it, it is fun to grow it's is pretty it kind of looks like a daisy if you've never seen it before like a little white daisy so yeah um chamomile oh the next one is feverfew which actually looks a lot like chamomile yeah yeah and on and yeah if you don't know the difference you'd have to really go out and be like which one is which here because they are very similar and not to get off topic again but if you are into wildcrafting and medicinal gardening and stuff i would definitely urge you to look up 
your poisonous plants in your area before you start harvesting anything just because if you have any lookalikes that are close to it and you're like oh this is whatever and then it's actually something that's poisonous like you don't want to poison your husband huh huh <laughs> see how that all came full circle full i love when things come full circle brings me much joy very satisfying yeah um so the fever few, the, the leaves of the plant are different from the chamomile. That's how you tell them apart. So the leaves are a little bit broader or a lot broader, actually. And the chamomile is like more like look. Not, dainty. More dainty on like the chamomile. Almost like spiky, too. But they're not. Spiky, but they're the right not word? spiky. No, they're yeah. not. Um, and then the pointy. Fever, pointy. There you go. <laughs> and then the fever few's um, larger leaves. It's not huge, but still a lot bigger than the chamomile. They're, and then the flowers are are white um, with, the, with the yellow centers again. And then the the whole plant can be used so the the i dry the flowers and the leaves for the fever view and i cut um it usually you can you have to cut all of it by like the heat of the summer you need to have harvested your fever view so i don't cut the whole plant because it is a perennial it will come back every year but you can't cut it all back it'll like this it's not like the chamomile that will die back and then all the seeds spread and then it'll come back the next year it's like that same plant is there that makes sense yes okay I mean, to me, it does. Great. So the fever view is great at treating migraines, um, headaches, fevers. <laughs> Hence the name. Hence the name. Um, but they, but the, the trick with the fever view, if you do have migraines and you want to try it, you can't just take it when you have a migraine. You have to take it like about, I think it's two leaves every day. Yeah. So, and I think, honestly, that's the trick with most of the medicinal plants that we're talking about is just consistency and you know nothing none of these are like some magic freaking pill of course right so if you're if you're just consistent with it and it just basically kind of working it into almost like a lifestyle more or less Mm -hmm. um and instead of reaching for your ibuprofen bottle you are proactive and you know you're like okay so it's you know I have a headache usually around my menstrual cycle or whatever it is and be proactive and you know, start taking it whenever, right? Like, I don't know. It's just it's kind of hard to explain. But no, I, I think it. if you work it into your lifestyle more, and instead of reaching for, like, pill bottles, you're reaching for your dried, you know, medicinal plants. Yeah, and I even got um, into the point where I don't take Tylenol anymore. Like, I'll do the willow bark instead. Um, I, we did say that willow bark is the same, like that's where they got aspirin from. So if you have like stomach ulcers or stuff like that, you shouldn't take it. And you shouldn't give it to children, I think, under the age of, it's either 12 or 16. Um, <clears throat> so willow bark is, is for adults, but I can take that and not Tylenol and it completely takes, and I get like bad headaches because I have like a neck injury and it will take my headaches away. So it, it does work. Um, and make sure you're taking the right amount. Don't poison yourself. <laughs> um, which, which she also did to herself. <laughs> to myself this time. See, I'm not a horrible person. I'm just an idiot. Okay, tell them the story of how you poison yourself. Oh, okay. So <sighs> Sherry just wants to make me look like an idiot. No, I think that's no, how I don't. you do. You are helping people to not poison themselves. It's, helping it's people like a with real my life ridiculous story. stories. Okay. So have it, wild cherry bark. It's a thing. It's cherry bark. And people take it for asthma purposes, and it works really, really well. So I have um, 
asthma, obviously. And I used to always really rely on my inhalers and I hate taking like, like that kind of medicine. I hate taking my inhaler. And so I tried the cherry bark and it worked well, like I said. And then this one time I was having an asthma attack and I was like, it wasn't like a bad one, obviously. Like if I ever can't, I'm not that much of an idiot where if I'm like, I can't breathe, I'm, I will still grab my inhaler. Okay. So you don't have to like comment below being like, you should be careful. Like I, I know. It's okay. Um, Shauna, you don't have to call me and tell me to take my inhaler. I'm good. Okay. Well, I don't, you know, people like people get like worried about you. No, I appreciate sure, your for concern, sure. but yes. I promise that if I'm like ever like struggling, like I will take my inhaler. But I honestly have not had a problem in years now. It's been almost. Well, and I feel like it's because of the switch to a bunch like doing way like basically all medicinal remedies. Yeah. And you know I, I mean, and I'm like, very, I think everything is connected more or less, right? Yeah. I take like the reishi mushroom every day. I take, um, the chaga mushroom every day. There's certain things that I make that are in my, like, that yeah, I take. The ashwagandha. Ashwagandha every day. I take a lot of things on a daily basis to help maintain, like, who I am because I, I'm like more in tune with my body, I guess, not to sound all, you know, hippie shit, but we are. <laughs> okay. So back to the cherry bark story. So I was having, I was like, oh, I'm having asthma. So I start my tea water. I get my cherry bark out. And I'm kind of just in a rush. So I'm just like, eh, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to measure it. I'm not big on measuring things anyways. Okay. So I like throw some cherry bark in there and then I take it. And then I'm like, I drink it and I'm like so nauseous. And I'm like, why am I so nauseous? And then I felt like really sick. Like it did not feel well. And I was like, this isn't right. And so then I was like, you know what? I'm going to look this up. <laughs> I probably should have done this first. So... <laughs> In hindsight. In hindsight, yeah. So I looked it up, and cherry bark is in the arsenic family. Ta-da! Why I was feeling so sick. And so instead of, I took two tablespoons, I think. Well, I'm just guesstimating because, like, I took a lot of it. And it, you can you only need, like, literally, like, I think it's a teaspoon or two teaspoons. I don't remember. It's not a lot. So I took way more than I should have. So you do need to be careful because, obviously, taking an extreme amount of something like that which I, I had no idea and I should have looked more into it. Now I look thoroughly into everything that we do because I'm paranoid and I don't like give anything to my kids without researching it like a ton. Um, my husband's usually the guinea pig. I'm just joking. <laughs> I was like, yes, he is. I'm just joking. He's not. He, he hates taking that kind of stuff. He's like, he always is like, I don't want you any of your witchy voodoo. I'm like, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I've totally heard him say that before. Yeah. He's like totally anti See? wild crap. That's why medicinal. I had to trick him into eating the lavender because I thought he was just being a brat. You're all see? I had reasons, people. <laughs> reasons. Um, anyways, that's my cherry bark story. So, cherry bark does work, but don't take a bunch of it. You're welcome. Um, the next one I'm gonna talk about, it's pretty easy and you can plant it in your garden if you want to, but it is really good in like bordering your medicinal garden is garlic super easy to grow if you can't grow garlic you should just quit <laughs> <laughs> wow she's harsh she's like if you can't do this you have no future in gardening so i'm very sorry to be the bearer of bad news it's really easy to grow it doesn't take a lot of skill to grow garlic beyond like you know planting the garlic covering the garlic and watering the garlic like you really aren't gonna f it up too much you can't like overwater garlic but even overwatering is like like it's easier to overwater tomatoes than it is garlic right right which is crazy i've literally never in the 
my gardening history overwatered a tomato. And people do all the time. That's crazy. You know, yeah. I my I don't I feel like my tomatoes can't almost get enough water. Yeah, but I feel you like you don't have them on a drip system. You are like water every day with your hand, like by hand. See, people on a drip system, it's easier to overwater because you're like, you know, it's like our drip our drip system is like a gallon of water an hour. It's a lot. So if you like mm. forget about it or you leave it on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, for sure. Or you don't like watch the time and stuff like that. Why don't you have a timer? Because we're lazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he put the drip system in. I so know. Just... <laughs> well, okay. So my honest, my husband, he kept saying that he was going to put a timer on. He did. And he didn't oh. do it. And so there, it's his fault. There. It's your fault. You're yeah. listening. Yeah, he's listening. But it, it's not a big deal because, uh, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to explain to you our system, but... It's really not well, a big I, deal. Well, I think, okay, so like why I like watering by hand is because I just love to be in my garden. Yeah. And I just want to be out there watering and making sure every single one of my plants is doing fabulous and great. You know what I mean? And so that's why I don't ever put it, I'm not putting a drip system in. I just, I'm, it's not my jam. But I can understand if you want to, you know what I mean? You don't want to have to put on a timer because you want to go out there, right? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to turn it on. I'm going to check my uh, plants. I, yes. I like being in my garden. Like I even, I obviously, I go to my garden every day regardless if it needs me or not. I just mm. like to go out there. Um, like you said, to be in the garden, you check on all the little plants and you talk to them and you're like, how is everybody today? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. They love so, being talked to. They do. So... I do do that, but it is easier, at least in my opinion, to overwater if you're on a drip system. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Which would it doesn't really make sense. But it doesn't. No. no not one little bit. Back to garlic. Yes. It's not so, just for vampires. It's not just for vampires. Super, or I mean, highly. Keep vampires away. Obviously, it doesn't <laughs> yeah, bring them into the your garden. The vampires don't want garlic. <laughs> be to ward off vampires. Like, Ooh, a medicinal garlic garden. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, so, a highly beneficial health-wise... So anti-inflammatory properties, antimicrobial properties, it has anti-cancer properties. The list is literally endless. But you should also be aware. End list. End list. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're a dork. Okay. <laughs> you should also be aware that it is a blood thinner. Yeah. So this is you know that? Yeah, weird. weird. And I don't know. I guess if you were on something like the, is it Warfarin? Yeah. Or I think our gra- grandma was on that, yeah. wasn't she? So that was a blood thinner to uh-huh. thin her blood. Um, she probably should not have taken like a lot of garlic, for example. So if you're on something like that, obviously be aware. And, you know, it's always a good idea. You know, we're giving you all these ideas, but definitely research. Google is amazing and so filled with so much info and dependent upon you and your situation your family I mean you've got to you've got to research things don't just take people's word for it and I think that's for everything but um, especially for you know medicinal things most of the things we we mentioned I mean besides Shauna mentioning the, the cherry bark but we don't grow that but everything we mentioned I mean we're just talking about you know they're just plants like you know that you can eat basically so no real like crazy side effects, side effects at all besides the garlic being a blood thinner well, and then, I mean, with the, yeah, I guess. I was, like, trying to look, figure out. I was, like, the echinacea, I know that you can't, like, it's not something that you would just take every day. But that's not going to be because it's not going to, like, harm you. It's just because your body will be get, will start to become so used to it that it will no longer have any effects, healthy effects on you. Yeah. Yeah, so that's not, like, a, a worry, you know. <laughs> right. 
more or less. Right. But our last one that we wanted to talk about was calendula. Mm-hmm. I love calendula. <laughs> I love it. Um, it is has a crazy amount of benefits. It's good, really, really good for your skin. You'll see it in a lot of like health and beauty products that are like super expensive, but you can like make your own like lotions or salves and stuff with the calendula in it for your skin. Um, it is anti-inflammatory. It helps with sore throats. It isn't it, like it has anti-cancer properties. It um, we I also put that in our um, elderberry syrup. Oh, this is what Sherry was just talking about. So the calendula, it, it does grow really easily and it will take it will take over. It'll go like everywhere. But um, some of the side effects, though, they say that if you are pregnant or breastfeeding, you shouldn't have calendula because I think it can like start um, like uh, is it contract start contractions? I don't remember. But if you have if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, you shouldn't take it. I don't remember why. Good to know. Again, you know, <laughs> like I said, just do your research. It's always a good idea no matter where you read things. Don't just take some random. Don't just go look at one thing and be like, oh, they said this. Like, exactly. Don't, like, even, exactly. Even us, obviously, we're here talking to you and you're like, okay, cool. Like we gave you a lot of good advice, but you need to also do your own research there. And if you just look at one thing and take those that one person's word for it, right, like, you know, right. people are people. They make mistakes. So make sure you are doing your own research. Um, go Look at it from a couple different um, perspectives. Perspectives. Yes, exactly. And, um, yeah, good advice. Good advice. We did it. So, yeah, so we're going to – we have, like, a huge long list of things that – um, you should plant in your medicinal garden depending on like the space you have and stuff like that. The, um, like we said, the calendula will like, so I'm a rebel and I plant a lot of these in my regular garden because I like them and like the calendula or what else is it? What else is it called? Is it like a pot marigold or something like that? Something like that. I think it's the same. It is the same thing, but I forget. Mm. So it has like a name that. People... A different name for calendula? Is that what you yeah. mean? Oh, okay. No, I have no I idea. It's I'm like sorry. a pot marigold. Anyways. That sounds like a really backwards name. It sounds like it should be... Marigold Pot? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it sounds... A pot marigold. Like, what? what is I that? don't know. I don't know. Anyways. It's weird. So a lot of these plants, like the mints and stuff like that, also help keep away pests from your garden. Right. And that's because they, you know, just they'll just keep away pests, but they'll also attract spiders, and spiders like to, you know, make their webs. Like, I have three sage plants bordering my boxes and there's several spider webs in each of them and so the spiders just sit there and collect all the bugs when they come in good very convenient thank you spiders um so yeah i think that's all we have for today um anything else to add sherry no no she's i I thought she was gonna say something amazing and i was like (laughs) no i don't A build up and then a letdown. (laughs) But thank you so much for listening to us and we will talk to you all next time. Happy homesteading. Bye, Bye. guys.